Well, welcome. This is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy that you tuned in. Another day, another radio program. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, if you uh, have any trouble uh, hearing us, sometimes we get a little distortion the further the signal goes out. You can just go to www.wnzn.org, wnzn.org, and usually I can pick it up. I can pick it up on my phone or also mm -hmm. uh, Alexa in different ways. So I'm here with my good friend, Assistant David Abood. Hey, John, great to be here again with you. Beautiful day. Another day. Yeah. And, uh, very thankful for this radio yes, station and a platform. Uh, as of late, we've had just different, different Bible study things we've been looking at. We've had special guests on, some interviews, everyone from the Grove City president yeah. to people working up in the mountains of northern Thailand, yes. South Africa. And so we look that will continue. As we go forward, we have some other people lined up that we're going to have some special guests coming out for interviews. So having said that, um, so much going on in the world today. You know, I wanted to look at the Old Testament, and particularly we're going to look at one subject. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes when you study the Bible, David, if you pick up on one thing, for example, sacrifice or blood, and you start with it in Genesis, you can track it all the way through to Revelation. Right. You can do a really good subject or topic study and learn a lot. The same way with, let's say tabernacle or temple mm -hmm. or even clothing you can find out yeah. a lot oh, you know, boy. Enough. right but today we're going to look at a very very i think uh, important topic subject matter that runs throughout the bible and that is this whole thing of a well mm -hmm. uh, by a well i mean literally a man-made system dug into the ground uh often at great depths we're going to see uh where the people uh, will draw water now mm -hmm. particularly in the middle east Water was extremely important because not only because of the heat. Oh yeah, and I know David, you've been there. I've been to the middle. Oh yes, uh, it's just intense, and you crave water. You have to have water to sustain life. Yeah, and so therefore, especially in a drought. Yes. Uh, so what they would do is, of course, dig these wells, and they became very valuable. Even oh, yeah. to the point you would purchase land because it had a well. Right. On. We're not so concerned nowadays, no. but that's important. <laughs> Clean water. Without it, yeah. A, you don't have uh, drinking water to right. survive. Your livestock doesn't have water. Mm -hmm. You don't have water for washing or yeah. irrigating small that's crop right. fields. All these kind of things are dependent on a water source. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to look today, and we're going to look how it's related to uh, salvation and to the Holy Spirit. Right. Oftentimes we're going to see that water is equated uh, with the Holy Spirit and uh, kind of, you know, going off on that tangent yeah. uh, when we look at it. And so I want to look at, just to kick it off, is, right. um, you know, say this uh, in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. It says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yahweh the Lord is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Mm. So right away here, we see natural wells are a metaphor mm -hmm. for salvation. Mm -hmm. And often the salvation is, means the Holy Spirit. And when you get it, you have this idea of joy and purpose and you have direction because you've discovered the well of salvation. So that's yeah. a good starting point uh, as we get into this whole concept of wells. Now... Because the, these are wells of salvation, we're going to see that these wells can be damaged, and we're going to get into that in a minute. Mm. But my second verse I want to look at is actually in Jeremiah chapter 2, Jeremiah chapter 2, and in verse 13, Jeremiah chapter 2, 
verse 13. And here, this, here we get an interesting comparison of wells. Uh, I don't know if you have that, David, but it's Jeremiah chapter two, verse thirteen. Yeah, and this is a this is an interesting kind of verse cluster. thirteen. Aha, uh-huh, please. Sure. My people have committed two sins; they have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that can cannot hold water. Okay, so here we got this concept again, where wells are compared to salvation. Right. And he's saying here, my people, this is God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah. He says, my people have committed two evils. <laughs> Number one, they have forsaken me. Right. Turn their back on God. Number two, uh, the founding of living waters. But not only that, they've cut for themselves cisterns that cannot hold water. So what is this talking about? Well, what it means is the people of Israel at that time, they turned their back on God. Mm-hmm. Remember, we just talked about the wells yeah. of salvation. Yes. They, number one, they have forsaken me, the real fount of living water. Now, living water is very important because that's the water that springs up. Yes, It springs up. It's uh, right. bubbling up. It could be from, but even a well could be, could have living uh, a canal underneath yeah. there, you know, these aquifers underneath. And if you have real fresh water, but they've forsaken me, but... They haven't only forsaken God, they've cut for themselves, dug for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So what's going on here? When somebody turns their back on God and the source of life that he gives, they they replace it with something. And that's why you have all these false religions Mm -hmm. and cults and a cistern just by way of comparison to a well. A well we know, of course, is dug deep and it taps in. To a stream that's under the water, mm-hmm. under the earth, might be very deep. They call them aquifers or layers, uh, yeah. almost like a stream of water under the earth. But a, uh, a cistern yeah. is man-made. It's simply a you dig down and it, yeah. and it and it just holds water. It's a tank. It, yeah. yeah, it doesn't yeah. tap into a water source. My friend in Thailand, because they had uh, real dry seasons over there, and he mm-hmm. wanted to get two harvest seasons. Yeah. He had to water these plants, right, during the dry season. Yeah. So he developed out of concrete these these uh, containers, like rings of concrete, drop them in, drop them in this hole, and it would be quite deep. And that way, during the monsoon season, when it rained, they would, like, fill up real quick, and then he'd cap it with a piece of uh, concrete, like a lid. Mm-hmm. And then during the dry season, he just could put a pump there with a hose, and he could pump the water out. But the problem with cisterns compared to springing a well water is a well water is fresh. Yes. And it's often very clean, particularly yes. the deep. But cisterns would be contaminated. Yeah, it, it was stale. It's coming from a, a source that's continuous. And, it's, and yeah. the cistern is broken. Yeah. These are the systems that man looks to yeah. to satisfy his And what happens thirst. when they're broken? You get mud in. Mud, you get corruption. Debris. Of, insects. Uh, yeah. Damage. Uh, these are all these false systems mm-hmm. or materialism or where people seek nourishment. Worldly systems. Worldly systems. Yeah. Man-made systems. Mm-hmm. And we'll get back to this, but I like the contrast here. A well that's springing up with living waters, and he says, yeah. you brought you brought these, uh, you make these. Mm-hmm. Man is always making these cisterns. Do this. No, do yeah, that. Right. We got a new thing over here. Check out mm-hmm. what, you know, this and that. Yeah. Cults, false religions, the occult materialism, uh, the whole social media where people are like addicted to it. And now people are going into this new virtual reality, they say. All of these systems are dangerous. If not, they don't glorify God, but that's a broken system. Yes, it is. made cannot hold spiritual Mm -hmm. refreshment and nourishment. So that sets the stage 
for this topic we're going to cover today, and mm -hmm. that is, of course, wells. And we're going to pick it up and start in Genesis and seeing the importance of wells. Any comment on this, David? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think the one question I wrote down is how will rivers of living water flow from believers? In John 7, 38, uh, when, when you wanted to do this topic, I started with that one. It says, Jesus makes a seemingly odd metaphorical statement. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from that from within them. Yeah. We'll and so, yeah, but it, it's kind of like the whole uh, top end of where we're going to go with this. this yeah. That's a very important point because mm -hmm. he's saying out of you will spring spring forth. Yeah. Well, we're going to get to that, but why that's so important, mm -hmm. it, it can actually go on to other people. Yes. In other words, you can have a contagious faith. You can have a mm -hmm. contagious joy mm -hmm. that just being around people, they'll sense right. something different about you That because they sense that well of living water. That's a powerful statement in John. You know, it, you know what I, I just started thinking about? Like when the Spaniards came in, everybody was looking for the fountain of youth. Mm -hmm. There it is. <laughs> oh, you're yeah, right. I mean, you're right. That's, that's really what it's all about. So let's go yeah. to the first book of the Bible, Genesis. And this will be uh, the first reference to a well. Oftentimes in the Bible, when something is mentioned for the first time, like priest, sacrifice, blood, death, um, uh, you know, lamb, all of these things, often they, they say it might have special significance. This is uh -huh. called the principle of first mention. And when we look at Genesis chapter 16, this is oh, the famous... 16? 16. Okay. This is the famous situation where Abraham and Sarah promised this child from God, even though they're too old to have children. God says, you're going to have a son. You're going to call him Isaac. Um, he's going to be a blessed son out of him. Yeah. The, basically the promised redeemer. It doesn't happen, not on their time frame. And then Sarah says to her husband, why don't you take my handmaiden, who's from Egypt, Hagar, and have a, have a child with her, which he does. And then then what does she do? She, he, she gets very upset um, with this woman because, you know, like the mm -hmm. mistress yeah. of her, of her uh, husband. And, and so she, she, they put her out of the house, right? And it says, if you pick it up um, in verse 6, we're in uh, Genesis chapter 16, verse... Uh, six? Uh, yeah. Uh, verse 5 and 6 to okay, set the scene. sure. Mm -hmm. Then Sarah said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarah mistreated Hagar, Hagar, so she fled from her. Okay. So now she's alone. <clears throat> she's pregnant. Um, she's cut off from community. Right. right the family. Right. And it says in verse 7, Now the angel of the Lord found her by the spring of water. <laughs> now this is important. In the wilderness by the spring of the way of Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? You see that phrase right there? Where have you come from and where are you going? That's a yeah. very important phrase that all of us should ask ourselves. Mm -hmm. All our listeners, me, you, should say to ourselves periodically in our own lifetime, where have you come from and where are you going? Mm -hmm. In other words, take an assessment. Yeah, that's Like good. a business, you do an assessment, oh, yeah. right? Usually around June, you know, mm -hmm. mid, uh, yeah. uh, the president does the State of the Union, where we come from, mm -hmm. where are we going? And this is a very important point that the angel of the Lord is asking her, where are you coming from? And where, of course, he knows, but he wants her to, he says, where are you going? And she says, I'm fleeing from the presence of my mistress. 
The angel says to her, Return to your mistress, submit yourself. Then the angel said to her, I will multi gives her a promise, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly, so that they shall be counted for a multitude. And he gives her a promise. Uh -huh. You're gonna have this child, and you know, in other words, she's not gonna die in the wilderness. And then she says in verse thirteen, Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are the God who sees me. For she said, Have I also been seen here by him who seeks me? Therefore the well, did you see that verse 14? Yeah. Very important point. Therefore the well was called Ber Lahoi Roy. Observe it between Kadesh and Berea. So Hagar bore Abraham a son, and uh, mm -hmm. he bears his son. But notice she names the place, you are the God that sees me, and it's at a well. Now that's very important when we get the New Testament, and Jesus encounters the woman at the well in John chapter 4. But you see all this transpires, and now she has a promise She's met God. There's, yeah. She's, uh, she's going to return. She has a future, and it's right by that well. And oftentimes, wells in the Bible are a place of revelation. Yeah, where people meet God. Yeah, you know, and Jesus, um, when he when he went uh, when he traveled, he would sometimes uh, rest by a well, right? So Jacob's well, yeah, something we'll probably touch on because so it's a place for rest, for um, revitalization, nourishment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah all, those things, all yeah. those things are contained in here. And like when you're staying in Genesis, if you look at uh, Genesis chapter 21, uh, I like the first book of the Bible a lot because it, it's, it sets up the rest of the Bible really in so many ways. In, in verse, um, same thing happened. Now the child is born to Hagar and um, they put her out again. Basically, right. um, Abraham, it says in verse... Uh, <clears throat> Look at verse 14 and 15 of chapter 21. Early the next morning, Abram took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. <clears throat> he, he set them on her shoulders and then sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beshirba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down about a bow shot away, for she thought... I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there, she began to sob. There you go. Now, so she's desperate again. She's yeah, alone. Right. And then God heard the you boy. keep reading? Verse 17. Uh, God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Okay, so now mm -hmm. God encounters. She thinks she's alone. She's desperate. He gives her a promise again in verse 18, I'll make you a great nation. Yeah. He opens her eyes, verse 19, and she saw what in verse 19? Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. There you go. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. See, often is a well, the well yeah, as it's used, often in the Old Testament, is a place of encounter, encountering God, mm -hmm. or the patriarchs will encounter their wife. We're going to see Moses... Finds his wife at a yeah. well. Yeah. Isaac, same thing, the chief servant. And then, of course, Jacob. It's significant because, again, a well is like, we don't think of it much today. In the no, it's in, on the, in the developed world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a it's... well is a, really, in terms of the land or topography, mm -hmm. it's actually occupies a very small thing. Mm -hmm. It's not like a mountain or it's not like trees or a forest. Right. But it, it taps into a very deep stream underneath it. So you can have a well that literally lasts thousands of years, yeah. like Jacob's well, yeah. because it's tapping yeah. to a system. But it looks very small. It might just be a little oh. 
round circle yeah. of bricks, and usually they put a, a lid on it, like yeah. a stone, so the animals wouldn't come in and dirt wouldn't fall in. But notice that these both instances, when she's in trouble, she's alone, she's discovered by God. And she's, God hears your cry. God. So that's going to set up some other instances as we go through the scripture, why the well is so, so important. You right. know, um, yeah. It, it really is. And then what happens oftentimes with the wells is they can get, uh, people can damage the wells. You know, you have to like protect these things because uh, people will come and they will try literally to um, to jam them up. To, if you're the enemy, uh, oh yeah, then they come and they're gonna they're gonna try to uh, fill them up with some contaminants or something to, to kind of yeah close down your uh, enterprise. Your oh my project. gosh, yeah. I think you'll see something like this in 26 Genesis 26 yeah. Genesis 26, and this is uh, verse 25. Um, this is the famous account. Um, if you look, uh, verse 17. Yeah, oh, 17. You can, you can start in 17 and run through 20. Sure. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gura, where he settled. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abram, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died, and he gave them the same names his father had given them. I, okay, yeah. Do you see what they did there? The yeah, enemy. They, yeah, they filled. They them filled up. them up. Yep. And uh, this has a tremendous, because that's a really bad. I mean, it's terrible when your enemy oh, comes yeah. in because that's your source of life, right? And your livestock. But notice this has incredible spiritual significance for us today mm -hmm. because because of modern philosophy and everything that's coming today with evolution and yeah. everything and people are upside down in terms of sexuality and marriage. The, the wells are being clogged. Mm -hmm. The wells are, yeah. we don't know what we believe as a mm -hmm. people. See, culture runs downstream from theology. What you think about God or if there is no God, that's going to affect culture, what's right. like society and our laws. And that's why we're in such a spin cycle now yeah. because we've, we've clogged up the wells right. of salvation. We, we clogged up the word of God. Mm -hmm. we've, we've limited it. And that's what they did here. And so what Isaac dug, it says in verse 19, uh, Isaac served, dug in the valley and found a well of running water there. And see, so he, he reestablishes the right. well. Verse 21, they dug another well and they quarried, uh, they quarreled over that one. So he called it. So they there's, these things are so important. They oh, name them. Yeah. They give names yeah. to these wells. And so then you can see how this thing is operational. You know, it's um, these wells right in the book of Genesis are establishing really clear what you would call spiritual application for us today. The, the Bible actually say in Romans chapter 15, 4, whatever things were written before time, Old Testament, were written for our benefit today, that by it we yeah. might obtain right. a hope, you know, might might learn something from this, hopefully. That's why I encourage people to really, um, you know, look at the Old Testament, look what it's saying as, as we move forward uh, in this whole, this whole system of uh, wells, and what they're what they're all about in terms of the life of the people back even in the Old Testament. So now, as we move forward, uh, we were discussing uh, the the wells and how Peter yeah. went there in desperation. Yeah. And so then you come to chapter four, the Gospel of John, and right. now you're going to see uh, this famous episode, which is really linked to what we saw with Hagar back there in so many ways. Yeah. So w w what's going on here, of course? John chapter 4. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, you, you can set it up, David, if you want, yeah. by just reading uh, 
verse 1 through 7, if you will. Yeah, Jesus talks with the Samaritan women. Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judah and went back once more to Galilee. Now, he had to go through Samaria. I'm going to keep going. Uh, yeah, you can go up so, to seven. Okay, so he came to a town in Samaria called Shishar, near the near the uh, plat ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired he, as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. Once, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, "Will you give me a drink?" Okay, thanks, there. Yeah. So to set this up. Jesus has been down in Jerusalem, which mm -hmm. is south. Now he's going back up north to the Galilee, where his headquarters is at, which is Capernaum, which is on the north of the Sea of Galilee, yeah. Lake Galilee. But he cuts through Samaria. This is very interesting, uh, because oftentimes the Jewish people did not use that road because they looked down on the Samaritans. Oh, right, yeah. Just as a little background on that, the Samaritans, the ten northern tribes of Israel, when they went into idolatry and immorality, God allowed the Assyrians to come out and take them captivity. They were in captivity a long time, dispossessed mm -hmm. from the land, and they filtered back over the years, about hundreds of years. They come back and they settle back in the homeland, but they had all these strange religious practices. Right. They were considered half Jews. They didn't go to the temple mm -hmm. in Jerusalem. Yeah. They had their own kind of temple. You can still see some of these structures today if you go to this area. And um, But Jesus does go through. It says he has to go through. And notice a couple things here. When it says um, in verse 6, now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied, yeah. he asked her for a drink. This talks about Jesus' humanity. See, he's fully God, yes, but he's also human. And see, here we see he's, he gets tired. Yes. He gets thirsty. We remember he's sleeping in the boat yeah. on the Lake Galilee. Right. Yeah. Uh, he bleeds. You know, he feels pain. Uh, he eats. Remember, he asked the apostles, to, to give, what, do you have any yeah, bread? Do you yeah. have any meat? So we see all these human appetites or qualities. He was he was like us in terms of his humanity, but of course, he's deity. Yeah. But you see this right here. He gets tired and he's thirsty. That's one of the things he's going to ask mm -hmm. up, even when he's on the cross. He'll say, I yes. thirst. Right. So he, he's sitting there. We think that it's about noon. It's sixth yeah. hour, depending on Roman time or you go to Hebrew time. We're going to say it's noon time. A sixth hour there. The woman, he says, so right off the bat, he asks her for something. He doesn't come explain who he is. and uh, But the disciples had all gone away to buy food in the city. And again, if you go to this place today in Israel, they believe that that's Jacob's well. It's covered yeah. by a church. You can go inside it. But it, it's not far from the town that mm -hmm. used to be there, Sychar. And so you can plot these lines using this information. But they think this is the well. Yeah. It's still operational. Right. You've seen yep. those good documentary yes. videos on this. Mm -hmm. And point in being, now there's a church over before that. <clears> the <throat> Crusaders <throat> had a church. And then before that was a Byzantine. Right. And before that, the way they would do things is um, often there was something historically significant. Yeah. They would, you know, if somebody's had an accident on the freeway, or, you remember how people put teddy bears out there? They might put oh, yeah. it across. They memorialize it. Mm -hmm. Or they put graffiti or they mm -hmm. put some. Yeah. Yeah. There's like what they mark it, like something important. Right. And then every generation remembers that. That's I'm just saying you can go there this day. And that's probably the very spot that Jesus is at. This idea it's identified as Jacob's well. If you go back in Genesis, you'll see in Genesis 33, that's where Jacob bought this land. And later he'll bequeath it to his son, Joseph. 
okay, this land that it has a well on it. That's really one of the things that made uh, the land valuable. That it oh, absolutely. Water. Even today, oh, wow. people want water. Too. They, they do, stream, yes, like, like, like. right. <laughs> so he says to her, give me the drink. The disciples had gone into the nearby town to buy food. But now notice her response. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan right, woman? There's right. several things going on here. Number one, he's a man. Yeah. Two, she's a woman. Mm -hmm. Number two, he's a Jew. Right. And she's a Samaritan. Yeah. So you got all kinds of distance. Right. Plus, he's a rabbi. Mm -hmm. That'll come out later. But she's saying, she's kind of flippant in a way. I mean, she's, you know, what do you, why are you, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. She might feel hurt, you know, because they might have sensed this bias, mm -hmm. this idea of they look yeah. down on us. We're not fully Jew. And that's when Jesus makes this famous statement. You can read verse 10. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Okay, now he introduces yeah. this thing of living water. We saw that back in Isaiah, right? Mm -hmm. The streams of wells of living water, right. of salvation. So he's presenting this to her. Here's the thing. No. No prophet of God would say this. Moses or Isaiah or Jeremiah, he's making a claim here yeah. that he has got a gift from God that basically uh, can give you living water. That's right. That's 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 such a bold claim to make unless he can do it, unless he is God. Yeah. And so he says, if you knew that he's creating curiosity. You yeah. see what Jesus He said, if you knew the gift of God, yes. who it is. So number one, she's got to figure out a couple things here. Number one, who is this? Who is this guy? That's right. Say, who are yeah. you? you know, then she says, I perceive you're a prophet. Number two, what is this gift you want to give? Number three, how do I receive it? So she's going to deal with these three questions. Um, he, he says, you would have this living water. And the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? In other words, he said, she said, you know, she... Oftentimes, Jesus will say something spiritually, yeah. but it's interpreted physically. For example, one, the previous chapter, he says to Nicodemus, you must be born again. But Nicodemus says, well, how can I be born again? How can I enter again into my mother's womb? It's impossible. Previous chapter, Jesus says, destroy this temple. I'll raise it in three days. And he says, well, how can you do it? It took you know, over 45 years to restore this temple in Jerusalem. But Jesus is talking about his body. Yeah, You'll see that happen time and again in the scripture. He'll say something spiritually. It's interpreted in the natural. And once you get hit, once yeah. you understand this, it gets easier to understand <clears throat> his parables and how yeah. he speaks. So she's, she's making this reply to him. And she says, are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself? as well as his sons and his livestock. So she's going way back to Genesis yeah. and saying, are you are you greater than our Jacob? Well, she's going to find out he is. Because <laughs> yeah. Jacob's well, you had to come back to on an everyday right. basis. Yeah. The one he can give you, you don't, you won't thirst again. Well, I, yeah, it's for eternal life. So yeah. he's constantly showing how he's greater than the Old Testament. Yeah, it, and she thought it was more like magical water initially. She doesn't she thought, know. Yeah, she doesn't yeah. know. She was. She, she thought if she serious. drinks it, she might not be thirsty again. But then it all started to come clear. He's to making her. his bold claim. And, she's, and she says, um, in other words, she's saying, you don't have anything to draw with. Now, again, to get this water, you have to oh, do man. physical activity. 
but he's offering her a gift, mm -hmm. no physical activity. Mm -hmm. The Old Testament, you had to do a lot. Oh, yeah. They had like 613 laws, rituals, clothing, mm -hmm. dietary, kosher, mm -hmm. Sabbath, ritual. Yeah. A lot of work. Yeah. Salvation today yeah. is, is as many as believed upon him. To them he gave eternal life, as many as received him. John chapter 1, verse 12. So it's a whole, he's introducing a whole yeah. different, just like previous to this in chapter 2, at the wedding <clears throat> feast, remember there's six water pots. Right. And those water pots were meant for cleansing, ritual yeah. cleansing. Yeah. It was exterior. But Jesus just says, fill them with water. And right at that moment, it's turned into the best wine. Well, he's showing the old way of ceremonial cleaning. A new way has come. And oftentimes the wine in that context it was internal. Something you drink that yeah. speaks of joy and salvation. So he's constantly showing himself against the Old Testament mm -hmm. that the new covenant is now coming. Right. It's coming. And it's here. And so yeah. it's really cool how he, he does this stuff. Uh, I told somebody, if you want to understand John, if you to understand, number one, first chapter is called the Lamb. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Doesn't just cover them. That was the way the mm -hmm. sacrifice went in the Old Testament. Yeah. You had a repeater. Now you got this Lamb of God who's going to take it away. Not cover sins, take it. Chapter 2, he talks about the temple. He says, destroy this temple. I'll raise it. He says, that's the temple. Chapter 3 uh, he talks about um, raising up as the Son of Man must be raised up like Moses yes. as a serpent in the wilderness. Yep. And all you got to do is look at it, and they were healed of the serpent. Well, he equates himself going up on the cross, and whoever snake bit, that is to say, mm -hmm. sin, you know, we're yeah. dying of sin, looks out and we can have eternal life. Now he's talking about water. Do you see how he walks this thing along? Yes. He's showing how much greater he is than all these episodes. Yes. A new way is coming, a new covenant. So it's, it's, yeah. it's really cool how it he, is. he unravels it. So now he makes this statement, uh, verse 13. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And we'll see that in a minute when we get to chapter 7. Yes. Where he's going to talk about this. She's just getting a little taste of this water now, so to speak. Yeah. But notice he's saying, this water I'll give you, um, you won't thirst again. It'll it'll satisfy you spiritually. Mm -hmm. And that's what we all found out. You know what I'm saying, David? It's yeah. Like we were looking here, we are looking there before we came to Christ. So Augustine said, our hearts are restless, O Lord, until they find their rest in thee. Yeah. That's modern man. They're restless. That is so true. And looking here and looking there that's and social right. media and going <clears throat> here and Nothing fully satisfies. No. You know, there's an old saying, nothing outside here can satisfy that which is inside. Yeah, and going back to the wall, you know, is a metaphor for me for uh, the, what people try and achieve in life. Mm -hmm. uh, in their worldly success, it's not enough. You know, you got a Super Bowl ring, uh, let's get another one. You got this big house, you know, let, let's get a bigger house. You got it, you know, and it just goes on and on. Right. And right. so that's really what he's talking about here is all that other stuff is so much work and it's fleeting because you're you're just you're going down the same road you're doomed yeah so um you know and and it's so simple it's so easy to come to him and uh and transform just have eternal life, life. He, he took everything on for us it'll transform your that's life. the bottom Incredibly. Incredibly. yeah and it says uh but notice what this woman says in verse 15. yeah the woman said to him sir give me this water so that i won't get thirsty 
and have to keep coming here now, to, notice, to draw water. That's why I was thinking she thought it was like magical water. She could have. she wouldn't be thirsty again she, physically. She, yeah. She wants it, whatever you right. got. Okay, if you're for real. But notice she says, um, yeah. the previous chapter when he explained the new birth to Nicodemus, right. religious leader at mm -hmm. that time, yeah. he didn't ask for the new birth. Ah. She asked for this living water. You see the difference? Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a really interesting contrast between the previous chapter of Nicodemus and this woman of Samaria. Number one, he's a man, she's a woman. Yeah. Number two, he was Jewish, she's Samaritan. Mm -hmm. He's well-respected. He's yeah. a rabbi. She's not well-respected. We're going to see them all. She's had right. five guys in her life. The one she's living with is not her husband. Wow. Number one, he speaks to her, he speaks to uh, Nicodemus in theological terms about the serpent mm -hmm. in the wilderness, yeah. Numbers 21, new birth, uh, which is Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah 31, 31. He speaks to her in practical language about water and thirst because she could, she's not going to get the loudest theological. Right. He doesn't ask for it. She asks mm -hmm. for it. He comes to Jesus at night. She meets Jesus at noonday. He initiated the conversation with Jesus as we perceive you're a man sent from God. Jesus initiates this conversation. You see, yeah. he's going to leave by himself and to go out into darkness. She's going to leave this and go into town and bring half the town out to meet Jesus. Right. The, once you understand contrast, David, throughout the scripture, it's easy to remember. It's easy to remember different episodes because you just put them together like that. Anything that can make you remember Bible easier is yes. very helpful when you want to teach. Yeah. Just like the Great Lakes. Well, you, well if you remember Holmes, that, that, that acronym... You're on Ontario, mm -hmm. Michigan. So you can, anytime, that's true in the world, you know, mm -hmm. medical uh, students yeah. study, you know, acrostics. All right. Yeah. That much more so the Bible. Contrast, yes. parallelisms, idioms, yes. metaphors. It helps you remember. Yeah. Numbers. That's what, yeah. yeah. Numbers, right. Colors. Mm -hmm. So now he says here. Um, and, and God always is repetitive, mm -hmm. you know, especially when we start from Genesis and move on, you see different uh, people in the Bible simulating the way Jesus's character will be. Yeah, exactly. And right. his life. So because he knows we need, we need a, a lot of reinforcement to understand he's truly the son of God. Yeah, repetition. Yes. Repetition is extremely important in the learning process. Right. So the woman says to him, uh, sir, give me this water uh, so that I'll come here and don't thirst again. Now notice, before you can receive salvation, you have to deal with repentance. So Jesus is going to say to her, go call your husband and come here. So he's going to deal with this yeah. issue in her life, which is a major issue. Oh, yeah. Immorality. Oh, yeah. And the woman said, mm. I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. The one you have now is not your husband in that you spoke truly. Now, look what he's doing yeah. here. He oh, yeah. doesn't say, I can't believe you're living yeah. in sin. That's right. He says, you've spoken truly. He's tender with her, but he wants to deal with the sin issue. Remember when the woman was caught in adultery? <clears throat> yeah. John chapter 8, they want to stone her. Right. And Jesus says, who's, yeah. who's without sin cast the first, first stone? Time. And they all drop <clears throat> their stones and walk away. And he says to the woman, woman, where are your accusers? And she says, I have none, Lord. And he says, I don't accuse you either, but... Go and sin no more. Right. So Jesus offers forgiveness, but part of that is repentance. Mm -hmm. To identify sin in my life, in your life, turn your back on it and receive the free gift yes. of salvation. Right. So that's what he's dealing. He's touching her at this, but he's doing it in a gentle way. He's not saying, I can't believe you're living with all, you know, all this yeah. kind of stuff. He's, yeah. he's gentle with her, but he's, he's persistent. He's, and he says, uh, he says, then the woman said, sir, I perceive you are a prophet. There it is. Because there's probably things oh. he's revealed to her 
Yeah. Maybe nobody knew she was living with this guy at this exactly. time. Jesus knew. And it's she's never met him before. Right. He knew the hearts of men. Yeah. He knows what's in the minds of men. Now, notice, she first starts by calling him a man. Then she calls him a Jew. And now she's calling him a prophet. Later, she's going to call him the Christ. Do you see how she's gaining clarity yeah. of the person of who Jesus Christ is? Right. She's getting illuminated. Yes. Many people just stop. They say, oh, yeah, Jesus was a good man, lived long ago. Oh, yeah, Jesus was a Jewish rabbi. He gave us good parables and good lessons. Or the Islam more uh, will say, oh, no, he's a great and holy prophet. Right. You got to move on. Oh, yeah. You got to keep moving. He's not just that. He says, I perceive you are a prophet. Our fathers. Now, notice she's going to switch gears here and get into a religious conversation. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place one ought to worship. See, Jesus is touching on the sin issue. And what does she do? She switches gears real quick. Yeah. When you're talking or sharing the gospel with somebody, they might get a little convicted. They go, yeah, but what about the people in Indonesia never heard the gospel? Or they, or they were born a Hindu. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's come back to our conversation we're having here. She's switching. She said, what about, well, yeah. where should we worship? Here or over there? Right. He's not talking to her about that. He yeah. wants to get it back on point. Yeah. Of course, as I said earlier, the Samaritans had their own form of worship up there in Samaria on this particular mount called Gerizim. And the, the, the Jews worshiped in Jerusalem where the temple was. And that's what Jesus will say, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. And he's talking about his death and resurrection. Yeah. He's going to open up the whole new covenant. And we don't have to go to Jerusalem. You don't have to go somewhere now to be more holy. You just have to receive Christ. He says he says to her something very interesting in verse 22. You worship what you <clears throat> do not know. Right. How many people today, David, do you think worship and they don't even know what they're worshiping? Am I right? Oh, oh boy. They're worshiping huh. they don't know. We must worship God in spirit and truth. Yeah. I'm going to say that. People worship mountains. People worship Allah. People worship. <clears throat> Uh, the Ganges River, they worship the forces of nature, superstition, yeah. worship money, yes. uh, all kinds of celebrities. There's a lot of items. He says, but, you know, John, it, it's even it's a lot bigger than that, too, because I, I was in this camp. I went to church a lot, and I didn't know what I was doing. Right. The only reason I was there was because I I thought I had to be there once a week. I, I, I was, my mind wasn't even there for years and years. Um, so... You know, that's really what we have to break through um, with the believers. We have to get them to try and do more and to look inside the well. That's yeah, good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, you know, it's interesting when we were looking at the same archaeologists that brought some of those people, people to Jacob's well, he's like, look down at the well. You see our bucket? It's now in the water. Move it this way. And you see it filling up. But you, you got to believe it's there. And then you have to seek it out. Yeah, right. You know, right. but you got to look deeper. You got to look deeper. You got to put gotta, time into it. And once you come to Christ, I mean, <clears throat> like you, David, I went to church growing up because I had yeah. to. Yeah. It was actually called an obligation. Yeah. But now I go to church because I want mm -hmm. to. I study the Bible because I want to. Yes. I try to live a better life because I want to. Right. Because I'm obligated to do it. Right. And that's a big difference. There. That's and huge. Once you taste this living water, your life is never going to be the same. I'm serious. I, I, I'm i with you on that. I mean, uh, it's been transformational for both of us. Uh, but, you know, you do have to leave a lot behind, but you gain so much more 
it, it, you can't even put it into words. Yeah, right. It, it, and, but I mean across the board, protection for your family, the the stuff you're involved in, nonprofit, for profit. You know your your family lifestyle, your health, your mental health. You get so much more. Oh, it's just beginning. It, it, even though you're putting some stuff behind, it's tough. But but once you move forward, you can't believe how it revitalizes you and turns well, you into a new new entity. Being, you become what's known in the yeah. culture today in the business world as an influencer. <clears throat> you become a genuine influencer, right? That you can share this with others, not whether they receive it or reject right. it. It's on them, but. <clears throat> Yeah. By God's grace, that you can talk to somebody and change their life for eternity, right? By sharing this living water, yes. right? Yes, you can change them. I mean, you don't lose anything in the process. And and man, we've seen it. It's uh, both of us have seen it. Uh, and the people you, you have done this a ton over the years, um, and I've done it in my small circles. But you know, you just see the transformation uh, of people and how they come back and how their lives are changed and what they leave behind. It's just incredible. The addictions, um, their bad mouths, um, you know, their behavior life, patterns, the yeah. people they hang with, life, uh, their behavior patterns in terms of where they're going to go, who they're going to spend time with. So everything yeah, changes. It sure and does. To anyone listening today, that this might be new to you, and <clears> I understand <throat> that it was new to me. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, up until the age twenty-seven, but. Believe me, this is real. You, it, you should really look into the evidence. I call it <clears throat> unexamined unbelief, that people simply <clears throat> not looking at the evidence that's put forth in the Bible right. and, and how it ties together this tapestry of the Bible, let alone the person of Jesus Christ. And I would encourage you to look look at this thing and you know get with people that, you know, a church that preaches the Bible or, or a Bible study group. Because this is real. And as we continue here, the woman, uh, Jesus yeah. will say, verse 22, you don't know what you're worshiping, basically, verse 22. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, Jesus is saying, for salvation is of the Jews. In other words, the Jews were the people that God entrusted with the prophets. He entrusted with the commandments. He entrusted with all the prophecies and the yes. promises mm -hmm. and the temple. Right where God dwelled in Jerusalem. But ultimately, he, he entrusted the Jewish people with the Messiah. He would yeah. be Jewish of the tribe of Judah. <clears throat> and, of course, the early church will start in Jerusalem, mm -hmm. and a good part of the early church in the Acts of the Apostles is centered. So salvation is of the Jews. We owe them a great uh, acknowledgement, you know, and they've done us a great favor. What they, they've been, They suffered greatly through the centuries. But the Jewish people have done immense things in terms of bringing us the gospel, the gotcha. scriptures. And, uh, you know, people say, you know, you had Caesars and you had Napoleons and you had all these great builders and they built Colosseums and aqueducts and all this. But the Jews didn't do any of that. The Jews had, gave us the scriptures and all those aqueducts and all that other stuff today. You can go see in museums. But this stuff is still vital today as it was a thousand years ago. Absolutely. A thousand years ago. Yeah. So then he says, the hour is coming now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to... Notice it says the Father is seeking. We serve a God who seeks. What is the first thing God does when Adam and Eve sin and, and cover themselves in fig leaves and hide under the shade of a tree? What did God do? Where are you? He comes seeking. Yeah. He yeah. comes seeking. What does Jesus says? The good shepherd leaves the 99... 
it goes after the one. Right. Right. Yeah. The prodigal father, mm-hmm. of the, he was out looking. Right. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, it says, the son of man came to seek mm-hmm. and to save that which was, we serve a seeking God. He is seeking for people to come to him. It's, it's us human beings that run away from him. We right. run away from the best right. thing at all. But God is actually seeking those that will worship him and spirit and truth. And then he makes his great statement, God is spirit. And those who worship him must, he repeats this, worship him in spirit and truth. Why that's so important is people want to worship an object. Either the, in astrology, yeah. they want to worship the, the sun, the mm-hmm. moon, and figure out what's going to happen. Or they want to uh, create monuments, or they want to create, the man want, he wants to touch things and, feel, and bow down before things that are created by his hands or by nature. Whereas he's saying here, God is spirit. See, it's a very important point because idolatry was all over the place. And, and, and that's the hard part because man needs something physical they can touch, see, uh, see grow, see produce. And faith is what it's all about. Exactly. The, that's the whole driving train uh, to Christ. And that's what Christ's life is all about. Yeah, seeing the unseen. Right. You know, he's, if it, look. Jesus says, what yeah. is it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Yeah. Well, yeah. you can't see your soul, David. I can't see no. my soul. But because he said it, because I believe in his word, mm-hmm. there's nothing we can own in this world no. or give up and lose our soul. People have sold their souls. They might not do it legally, but yeah. I think it's so caught up in life. And yeah. All life is so short. They forget about their yeah. soul. And that, that, mm-hmm. that, that shows you that because you don't see it just as God is a mm-hmm. spirit, but he's right here, you know, in him we live and move and be. Yeah. It says that in Acts chapter 17. But th- th- it's a beautiful life once you start understanding yeah, the visible. Yeah, that's right. And then the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. See, in verse 25, they knew the Messiah was coming. Right. They, they, now, when they thought Messiah was coming, they thought he was going to be a conqueror. Like a yeah, king. Right. He's going to throw the Romans out. But she's a Samaritan. Yeah. But she understands from the teachings mm-hmm. that Messiah is mm-hmm. coming. She says, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Well, what did Jesus just do? He, he told her all about things. her life, yeah. right? And then it says here, Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Yeah. Now, you remember back in Hagar, when she encountered God at the well? Mm-hmm. She says, God sees me. Right. Remember? It's very similar to here. Jesus saw who she was. He dealt with her. She had this need. She had sin issues. He revealed himself to her. And when he says to her this, I who speak to you am he. That's a game changer. No kidding. He's not. There's no ambiguity here, David. Like right now. Say, where does Jesus say he's mm-hmm. God or where does this? He is saying clearly. Yes. Because oftentimes he wouldn't make this declaration because he didn't want to be mobbed and he had a mission mm-hmm. to be on, right? But here he's making this declaration. Absolutely. Hey, I, Isn't that something? Yeah. Could you imagine that? So this, In the time he's taking with her is another example about... Just the one lost sheep and the, the individual. Yeah. The importance of the individual. Mm-hmm. And just as God seeks those, Jesus was seeking her that day. So whoever is, you know, we've said this before, who's ever out there listening and thinking there is no way they can come to the Lord, let this be a perfect example, the Samaritan woman. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything can be forgiven. You just have to move forward from the point that you're at. Exactly Take right. Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So he was seeking Regardless her that of when day. you do it. Yeah, he was yeah. seeking her that day. He was. That's that's the character of God. Right. But we, we must not run away from God. The Bible clearly says for believers in James chapter 4, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Mm-hmm. 
that's 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 a promise from him. Yeah. So there he gives this incredible revelation. Yep. And uh, at this point, verse twenty-seven, the disciples came and they marvel yeah. that he talked with a the woman. woman. Yeah. Yet no one said, "What are you? What are you seeking? Or why are you talking with her?" See, they were kind of offended. Why? Yeah. She's a woman. She's a Samaritan. Right. So what's interesting here? This woman just met Jesus, right? But the apostles had been with Jesus for a while now. They saw his miracles, certainly the miracle of the wedding feast of Cana and other miracles. They went into town, and what did they bring out? What were they looking for? What did they bring out from the town? Food. Food. Yeah. She goes into town, and what does she bring out? Living water. People to meet Jesus. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. There's a lesson here. Mm. We can become too sophisticated in our faith. And that's part of being a wellspring. Once you're a believer, you go to other people. Well, you should. Yeah. You I should mean, that's the this. whole, yes. What oh, we definitely. got is meant for others. Right. What we got oh, is yeah. meant for others. We're, we're supposed to help open their eyes too. Exactly right. Because the enemy is closed, is trying to keep our eyes closed. But they went into town and they didn't say, hey, come on out and meet Bring me. these people. Isn't that odd? They didn't. Yeah, that's a good point. They just wanted the food. They just brought the food. <laughs> so we'll start wrapping this up. I, yeah. There's a couple of points I went. Yeah. And then she says, then the woman left, notice that she left her water pot. Yeah. You know, that, that was why great. she came out there that day, right? Yeah. But now she tasted some living water. The other thing is, I said before, often when we follow Jesus, we have to leave something behind. When they wanted to follow Jesus, by making fishers of men, they dropped their nets. The blind man, when he rose up and received the sight, he dropped his beggar's cloak behind him. Sometimes you've got to leave something behind to follow Jesus closely. Paul left his whole resume behind, his whole rabbinical background. He says, I right. counted all his dumb to follow the person of Jesus Christ. Right. The Bible says, put off the old man, put off old sins, yeah. put off to follow Jesus. So just the point being that sometimes you have to leave mm -hmm. something behind. To follow Jesus close. She goes to the men of the city, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? She's creating curiosity. Right. That's what Jesus <clears throat> did with her. Then they went out of the city, came to him. They urged him, saying, Rabbi, stay with us. Then uh, the, the, the apostles say, Rabbi, eat, because they brought this bread back. Mm -hmm. He said, I have food to eat, which you do not know. Therefore, his disciples said one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? What's Jesus doing here? Speaking spiritual. Right. How are they interpreted? In the natural. Yeah. He constantly does, mm -hmm. constantly does that. And then, of course, he says, my food is to finish the will of him who sent me. So we could go through the rest. But I'm just saying, that's that encounter at the well. Yeah. And that goes to your point. We're going to start wrapping this up when you turn to John chapter 7. Mm -hmm. And you could read it, uh, David, because you brought it up. Uh, yeah. Verse 37. Uh, through 39 of Gospel of John. And this this kind of starts fulfilling all this uh, living water and the right. Holy Spirit. You can talk on that. Okay, so 37. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. See that? But yeah, by this he meant the Spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been glorified. See that? There's so much contained right in what you just said there. Oh, my God. Number one, it's an invitation. Yeah. Whoever, he's saying, whoever wants it, let him come. And it's a gift. It. Yeah. It's a, the, the, Many people don't understand it. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. People are thirsty today, yeah. David. They are thirsty, spiritually Amen. thirsty. 
They'll go to Oprah. They'll go to Oz. They'll go to Dr. Phil. They'll read this book. They'll read that book. Mm -hmm. Tony Evans, this. I'm not saying they're all bad or wrong. I'm just saying Jesus offers that what you right. taste. Once you experience this, he doesn't say it's going to be a one and done. He's saying it'll continually. Yes. You can be filled and overfilled with the Holy Spirit of God. Yeah, he's offering himself pure and simply is the water of life and telling them that they can come to him and they can receive never-ending life. It doesn't matter when, but they just have to come to him exactly. and ask and take him as their Lord and Savior and believe he is the Son of God. Coming up. That's how it works, John, right? That's it. That's the wells of salvation. We how hard is that? I mean, when you think about uh, all the challenges and when you watch people struggle in today's world and there's such an easy, simple path to freedom. Oh, yeah. I mean, really, there is. It is it's just mind-boggling. So here we see it. But yeah. now he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit for those who believe in him would receive the Holy Spirit. But it was not yet given because he, there was no death and resurrection yet. Yeah. The Holy Spirit will really be given at Pentecost, see? But that's what Jesus does. He changes everything. He'll even say in John chapter 14, uh, you have the Holy, you, you've been told this, but the, the, then the Holy Spirit will live in you. There's a big difference between being the Holy Spirit was hovering in the Old Testament, yeah. but now it's going to be indwelling and it's a game changer. It, everything changes. Yeah. And and truly, I mean, what's happening here, I wrote this in my notes, he was actually claiming to be the fulfillment of scripture's water illusions and prophecies. He's He is, he's fulfilling the prophecy yeah. and he uses the living water as just a metaphor for yeah. that. Right. But he's saying uh, that this is all true. The Bible's true. I'm here. My father, you know, we have fulfilled the mission. And he says, out of yep. your heart will flow rivers, rivers. No longer yeah. a well, it's yeah. rivers. Your, your your heart will become like a well. Yeah. And that's why when you're around people, mm -hmm. you, sometimes people, it's contagious. Their joy, their peace, their purpose, their power. Mm -hmm. You say, what's going on with that? You know, but it's just the Holy Spirit. And we are all encouraged to just allow yes. the Holy Spirit to bubble up in us and overflow in us. So that kind of, there's more we could discuss on this, but well, the clock is yeah. limited. Yeah. I want to close on one thing, Dave. Yeah. Uh, because it's the heart, see, it says the Holy Spirit comes out of the heart. Mm -hmm. That's why it says in Proverbs, guard your heart with all diligence, for out yes. of it come the issues of life. Issues of life. Remember Jesus says in turn of dietary restrictions, mm -hmm. he says, it's not what goes into a man's mouth that defiles him, it's what comes out of the heart. So guard your heart. Let it be filled with the word of God. And then when you speak, you're speaking words of life empowered by the Holy yeah. Spirit. That's a whole other radio show. Right. But I want to close on this. And I love this because we picked up the well and the water mm -hmm. uh, in Genesis. Now let's look at the last book in the Bible, almost the very last chapter. It is the yeah. last chapter. But look what he says um, in verse um, where uh, chapter 22 of the book of Revelation. Chapter 22, the book of Revelation. And look at verse uh, 16 and 17. Okay. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. There it is. There it is. Also, the last verse, what's it, the fifth last verse in the whole Bible, and what is it? God is welcoming us 
if you're thirsty, we live, we think we're so advanced in our society. Yeah. We live in a desert, spiritually speaking. Oh, yeah. You know, people are thirsty. Mm -hmm. they, they'll, they'll drink alcohol. They'll take drugs. They'll do this. We'll do that. Pornography, everything. Yes. That doesn't satisfy, right? No. You got to keep going back. Keep going. But the, he's saying here, first he uses all these titles on himself. I, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I send forth the angels. I'm the root and the offspring. Of yeah. We could get into that. The bright and morning. We won't today, though. But then he says, this, well, the spirit we know is the Holy Spirit, but who's the bride? Who's the bride metaphor in the scripture? Yeah. Uh, we are. We are, the yeah. church. Mm -hmm. So we are working with the Holy Spirit right now to right. say what to the world. Right. Let him who hears yes. come. Let him who thirsts come. Yes. So now we work in concert with the Holy Spirit yeah. to welcome people, friends, family, people that are thirsty, that are dying. That's right. They're yeah. really... But notice the number of times it says come in that one verse. It's incredible. And, and and really, the, the thing I love is is we no longer need to seek uh, external sources for life. That's it. I love that visual where she left the water, the water pot. That's yeah. cool. And she, she leaves. Yeah. So yeah. if you're listening, once again, WNZN Radio, so grateful for this platform. Yes. Get into the scripture yourself. This whole yeah. thing just on water and wells. Wow. I love how it starts in Genesis, David. And it ends up yes. literally in the last chapter of the Bible. Right. But it shows you God's desire for us to come yes. and drink this living water. Right. You know, it's free. Right. So God bless you. All <laughs> you guys have a great weekend. It's Father's Day weekend too, right? Come yes. On. All right. There you go. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers and grandfathers. Yes. Happy Father's Day. Want to be fathers. And just be remember of our Heavenly Father. You know, our Father. Yes. Who art in heaven. So God bless you all. Any final words, David? No, just have a great weekend. And uh, yeah, we're so blessed to be here together, yeah. John. God bless you all. Take care.